Abbaology Insiders, welcome. This is the Abbaology Podcast, and I'm your host and the founder of the Abbaology Movement, Jake Stringer. This podcast is dedicated to transitioning people from the judicial to the familial, from theology to Abbaology. This is your home for free Abbaology content. I will be assuming a few things about you. Number one, you're ready. Number two, you're hungry. And number three, you're excited. So come along as we transition from theology to Abbaology. One verse to reveal to you if you are seeing through a judicial lens or a familial lens. Welcome back, Abbaology Insiders. Today, there's one particular verse I want to read, not because I want to take it out of context, but because I believe this verse is especially powerful to communicate to you what lens through which you see. This verse reads like this. It's 1 John chapter 2, verse 1. It says, My little children, these things I write to you, that you may not sin. And if anyone may sin, an advocate we have with the Father, Jesus Christ, A righteous one. Now, first, I want to talk about a judicial mindset, and that term is pretty broad. You know, if if you've been raised or come in contact with the evangelical church, the the definition of sin has become essentially a behavioral term, referring to some sort of breach of a behavioral standard or code. You know, it might be denominational rules, like you're not allowed to dance, or you're not allowed to play cards, or you can only wear pants, not skirts, or skirts, not pants, and you're not allowed to wear shorts. Uh, You know, you drop an F-bomb, you cut somebody off in traffic. There's some code, a behavioral code, ingrained in you, and when you do something that breaches that code, you feel like you've sinned. Um, In a previous podcast, we touch on a broader more biblical definition of sin, which means to miss the mark. But usually what we're talking about in denominational evangelical Christianity, the way people understand it almost entirely, is there was a behavioral standard and you broke it. So a judicial mindset would would interpret this verse a little something like this. When you sin or you breach some sort of behavioral code, you relapse, you fall into some behavior that you know is not good, that God doesn't want, Um, it's okay because you have an advocate, you have kind of a lawyer who then defends you to the Father. You have someone who, you know, speaks on your behalf to the Father and says, you know, judge, don't punish this defendant here, I'm here to advocate on their behalf. You know, one way I I used to understand this is that Jesus behaved perfectly for me so that when I behave imperfectly, his perfect behavioral performance covers me. And essentially, when, when I behave imperfectly, then I can count on Jesus to defend me to the Father and say, don't look at his imperfect behavior Look at my perfect behavior, and that's enough to appease this very behavior-focused judge. So when you sin or you breach that behavioral code, at least if you're understanding it that way in this scenario, you can pray and 
picture this courtroom scenario. Literally, we're in the courtroom, and, and the Father is on the judge's seat, and Jesus defends you to the Father. So, this is why a journey is so important. I remember when I understood this verse this way, and it was extremely liberating. Because if you understand my background, I grew up being very insecure about my salvation. You know, it would come and go every week depending on if I breached the perceived behavioral code that had been ingrained in me in church through all those years. If I breached it, I felt like I lost my salvation. I fell asleep confessing, listing my sins to God so often, you know, and I just wake up at seven in the morning and I fell asleep listing my sins again because I didn't want to go to hell. I didn't want the Father to revoke my salvation. So when I read this verse and realized, okay, when I sin, you know, I'm in this courtroom and, you know, I need a, an advocate. I need someone to defend my imperfect performance, my, my behavioral breach. And so thank God I have Jesus and he advocates to the Father on my behalf. A judicial mindset essentially changes the word with to to. In your mind, even though the words don't say this, it reads, I write to you that you may not sin, and if anyone may sin, an advocate we have to the Father, or a, or a defender, a lawyer we have to the Father, and this advocate, who is Jesus, speaks to the Father on our behalf, and then the Father slams the gavel down and declares us innocent, not guilty, because Jesus behaved perfectly for us. So, maybe that verse, when I read it, you took it that way. And the reason I want to talk about a journey is that's not bad, if that's how you read it. You're not somehow less than or inferior at all. But when you're, that may be a very safe place for you and a place of freedom compared to where you were before that. That's what's important about this whole journey concept. Um, It's important that we have a journey and no place on the journey is any less valuable than any other place. You actually have to have each place to get to the next place. So, if I take off my judicial glasses and I put on my Abba glasses, I want to read it again. My little children, these things I write to you, that you may not sin. And if anyone may sin, an advocate we have with the Father, Jesus Christ, a righteous one. So, I remember the day that the way I understood this first changed. I remember it. It was so powerful. And I realized enough of my judicial lens had fallen off. My judicial cataracts had fallen off to enough degree that I actually saw. It says that Jesus is my advocate with the Father. Okay? With Him. Not to Him. With Him. They are advocating together on my behalf. So, if I could transport you back to the courtroom, if you could picture yourself and you have the Father and Jesus advocating for you, there is a vacant spot on the judge's seat. (laughs) What in the world is on the judge's seat? It's your conscience. I want to read to you in the very next chapter, in 1 John chapter 3, verse 20. Let me pull it up here. 
Okay. It says, if our hearts condemn us, we know that God is greater than our hearts and he knows everything. Okay, so that word translated hearts in the original language literally means conscience. So here's what a judicial legal way of relating to God does. It employs not God the judge, it employs your conscience the judge. And your conscience then gets on the judge's seat and begins to judge you guilty every time you breach the behavioral code you believe you are under or that you believe God has put you under because the preacher said it. I want to give you a newsflash. Preachers miss it. (laughs) Teachers miss it. I miss it. You miss it. Everybody misses it. But I want to shift your consciousness, if you'll allow me, and take your judicial glasses off and put your Abba glasses on. In John chapter 10, verse 30, Jesus said, I and the Father are one. They're not split. Number one, we're not in a courtroom. We're in a family room. We're sons and daughters, okay? And number two, Jesus and the Father cannot be separated. That would be a kingdom divided against itself, which cannot stand. It would be a double or even triple-minded God. So no one wants to say that God is double or triple-minded or that Jesus and the Father are separate. So this idea of a judicial lens tends to separate Jesus and God. The judicial lens tends to think Jesus is a nice guy, but we don't really know what the Father is going to do. So we're transitioning inch by inch out of that mindset. We're honoring that mindset. We're not dishonoring it and trashing it. It's a vital part of our journey, and so we don't need to feel bad about that, but we are transitioning. God is transitioning us to a full Abba mindset. So number one, we're not even in the courtroom. The reason, again, we're seeing these legal terms is because these New Testament epistles or letters are being written during a covenantal transition from Old Covenant to New Covenant. Now, I want you to see um, one more thing about this verse. It says, we have an advocate with the Father. Remember, we have our Abba lens on, and that's an advocate with the Father. They're advocating together defending you, not against God, but against your guilty conscience. And remember 1 John 3.20, God, which is Jesus and the Father and Holy Spirit, are greater than your guilty conscience. Okay? So who are you empowering? If you're under a judicial and legal mindset, that empowers your conscience to condemn you. As you step out of that, your conscience loses power in condemning you. Now, that's something I'm interested in. So, it says we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, a righteous one. Now, that word righteous sounds all churchy, but it means to be as you ought to be. So, something I want to show you in that verse is that part of being as you ought to be is being with the Father, Okay, seeing yourself as one with the Father is part of being righteous, a.k.a. as you ought to be. The thing about a judicial legal mindset is you rarely feel as you ought to be. You're only as, you ought, as, as close to being as you ought to be as your latest behavioral performance. Now that puts you on the yo-yo 
of the exhausting Christian existence. And that's not what Jesus has for us. He has a light burden and an easy yoke, which means teaching, doctrine. So I hope that blesses you. I hope that gives you something to think about. And before you all head out, if you haven't, if you could please subscribe on iTunes or follow on Spotify, Um, if you could rate the podcast, even review it if you have time, that would really help this podcast reach more and more ears and bless more and more people that are ready for this shift from theology to Abbaology. Thank you all so much. See you next time. 